Howdy doody, Bellingham. Maria. Howdy do. <laughs> Much better. This is Annika in Columbia. And Maria in Happy Valley. And we are here to talk about Bellingham, the city of subdued whatever we want to talk about. We want to get to know you, Bellingham. Both the well-known and not so well-known. Today, we are being joined by our quarantined co-host. I am currently looking into the beautiful eyes of my dog, Romy. And I just let my cat, Burrito, back inside. Do you want to know something funny about Burrito, Annika? I used to think that he wasn't very picky. Like, my sister's cat is kind of a psycho. And like, so if, if my mom gets him the wrong kind of litter, he'll like kick it all out of the box. <laughs> or he'll only eat the special wet food. Well, my cat does not give a shit about any of that stuff. He's fine with whatever kind of litter we get him. He really likes his diet chicken kibbles. Um, and, you know, he's just a, a really chill little dude. And so uh, we got these special treats for him. And he loved the chicken and scallop flavor. Like he would come running from down the street if I opened one of those funny little chicken tubes. And then the other day I was trying to get him to come inside and I was out of chicken and scallop. I opened shrimp and scallop. He turned his nose up at it. <laughs> it was spoiled now. Oh, that's what happens, Maria. You give them a couple treats a couple times and all of a sudden they get big headed. I mean, just see what happens if you make him an Instagram page. He will become such a little diva. He won't even know what to do with him. Something else he likes is bread. So he really likes the Avenue Baguette. One time I was eating, a, I don't know, some bread and cheese, and he jumped up on the couch and just took a big nosh out of my, uh, out of my bread piece. And he also <laughs> likes couscous. So if we're sitting down and we have like little couscous on our plate, he'll come up and he'll just like stick his nose in it. <laughs> it's very rude. But, you know, I kind of, it's kind of sweet that he likes bread because, you know, that means he's just like his mama and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, which is probably because, or probably why Romeo is such a psycho. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Earmuffs, Romy. Don't listen to Maria. Do you have any good stories about Romy? Uh, well, speaking of the eating the food, uh, he recently did one of those things where, because Tom made grits, mm-hmm. and I was eating a bowl of grits, and I was mid-spoon in the air, and Romy was sitting by me and staring at me. That's he's like the worst beggar. And mid mid lift of the spoon, he jumped up and put the spoon in his mouth. Oh, oh Romy. <laughs> and ate a spoonful of grits. Oh. That's why you gotta sit outside when we eat, huh? No, he doesn't sit outside. Um <laughs> and he has he has also been uh diligently enforcing Jay Inslee's shelter in place order. If you heard him just a few minutes ago, he was growling at somebody who dared walk by our 
walk on our street in front of the house. So Romy, people are still allowed to exercise. I know. And I've been telling him that, but I think he takes it pretty seriously. Well, it's good that, you know, he's got such a rigid moral compass. Better than if he was out there parading around the neighborhood like there was no shelter in place order bothering chickens and such. Yeah. Yeah. Or if he was like on a beach being like, it's my spring break. break. (laughs) No, he's not doing that. So uh, our our first segment of each episode, anyways. uh, So our first segment of each episode will focus on Bellingham Hot Topics. And just to, to remind the audience again, Maria, what are Bellingham Hot Topics? Well, Annika, since you asked, Bellingham hot topics are pretty much what they sound like. New places, hot gossip, and stories old and new happening in this great city of ours. Sounds great. What's the hot gossip this week, Maria? Well, I was scrolling through the various internet feeds, uh, trying to find something interesting to have a hot take on. And there was something that kept popping up. And so that was this theory that the government was going to take our guns away. Or or enact martial law. Right. And so this was um this was pretty much happening over the weekend. And I was like, what is this? What is this? And so Monday night, it turns out that um kind of some some more drama went down. Um we should clarify okay. that the city council was never going to take a vote on anything uh of this sort. And that all of your guns are safe, your rednecks. But pretty much what the rumors boiled down to was that the city was closing gun stores because they weren't essential and would be forbidding people from carrying guns around unless they were military or police. Huh. Yeah. And so then um, they had at the city council meeting, Tim Iman showed up and Tim Iman like ran for Washington governor. He's kind of a kooky conservative guy that steals chairs from office max. Um, and he comes and he makes a big stink. So big. Wait, 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 wait. Well, he stole a chair from office max. Well, apparently so. I don't know if it was office max specifically, but there is a video of him. Um, in a in a big box staples or office max type store looking both ways and sneakily heading out the door with an office chair about paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so lots of lots of the comments on the the video of the city council meeting were like, did they count all of the chairs in the city council chamber? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this That's was uh, this was especially annoying to Mayor Fleetwood, who who sent out uh, a notice to everyone that you know their Second Amendment rights weren't going to be violated, and that if they had any comments or questions, they should write into the City Council meeting and not show up because you know we're all supposed to be practicing social distancing. But that did not happen, and so Tim Iman and some of his cronies showed up at the meeting and made a big stink. And we're so distracted, distracting that city council had to walk out of the meeting. Oh, no. This is this is crazy stuff. Um, it took me about 
five minutes as, you know, I'm a teacher, I'm, I can read and I'm pretty well educated, but, you know, just kind of like five minutes of doing some research and looking through the city council meeting agenda to figure out that, like, the people that were spreading this rumor were so off base. So what city council was supposed to be voting on um, was some change in the language that gave city council uh, the ability to enact emergency powers in an emergency. They were not changing any or adding any powers um, that had to do with gun laws, just some like clerical language changes to a different part of the like city emergency plan. Um, yeah, because we're in an emergency. Right. And so, you know, they just wanted to take care of some stuff to make sure our city's prepared for the coronavirus. But, you know, we'll have to do it a different day because some people wanted to make a big stink. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, we're all kind of going through this crisis. And it's just such a, you know, malicious way to distract from the real issues and get attention lots of people yeah you know like clutching their pearls out here but (sighs) (laughs) yeah um and it went goes kind of hand in hand with another uh rumor that i was like hearing get spread around on next door which is like the cops are going to be arresting people or that they're going to be um letting a bunch of people out of jail early and so our streets are going to be flooded with crime and there's going to be looting but um I don't well, see that i don't see that happening anywhere Anna. i i feel like we could have a whole segment mm-hmm. and i think you've talked about this before on like shit that pops up on next door it's particular it's like a very particular kind of um skewed opinion let's say <laughs> Yeah, no, a spe- a very, very special, special kind of like Bud Light drinking paranoia that just... That and like lost cats. Yeah. <laughs> That's like pretty much, pretty much what shows up there. Yeah, so it's like enough content to not make an entire podcast off of, but like a segment. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. next door corner. Next door corner. And, you know, maybe maybe we can add a next door corner if I continue to find interesting things. Um, sometimes it really <laughs> is just like lost cat, need roommate. Does anybody know, you know, is anybody selling their house? <laughs> and other times it's like martial law <laughs> happening right now or on Mount Baker how Highway. How want like, to build an apartment complex in my neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In a place where there's a housing shortage, yeah. a city where there's a housing shortage. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, I, huh. I get I get why people, you know, kind of have this tendency to have um, knee-jerk reactions, especially, you know, we're all going through this emergency right now together. And uh, it's it's easy to get your feathers all all rustled up, but it's a it's a good reminder to everyone if they hear something alarming on the internet, on the radio, or otherwise, take a good breath, a good deep breath, uh, check your sources, mm-hmm. and look for 
trusted individuals and do a little bit of digging. Like I said, it took me, I'm not an investigative journalist. I don't know much about city councils, about five minutes to figure out what was actually going on um, with this whole, uh, they're going to take our guns charade. So do yourself a little bit of a favor and give yourself five minutes of research and it will probably ease some of your anxieties. What I like to tell my mom to do is to make objective Google searches. And it's, it's, I think it's something that pretty much everyone needs to know when they hear something wacky that sounds unbelievable. How do you ask Google to give you the correct information that's not bias or just reaffirming, reaffirming your paranoid ideas? So I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, Do you, you know what? I, I've got like, one. And um, this, is, this is something I really okay. heard from a real life person. So I'm, gonna, I'm okay. going to say it in, um, in, a, in a voice. And then you're going to teach me how I might do an objective, objective Google search. Okay. Maria, I like this okay. game. Maybe we can play this more often. Okay. Now, honey, I heard from my sister that um, the Chinese had sent a large group of uh, infected people to Italy or take maybe, you know, and that kind of spread the virus. And then they sent those doctors. So they looked like, you know, they were making up for it. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. That's a Maria or not Maria mystery example, lady. That's a good question. Uh, Let's go to Google. And then Mr. Example Lady, her her initial instinct might be to say to Google, did the Chinese government send infected people to Italy? Question mark. That is not a good Google search. That is not a good Google search. A good objective Google search would be how how did the infection what how did COVID-19 get to Italy or how does COVID-19 spread or how uh, objective. And I like your idea. There we of, go. You know, really trying to make it so that your objective Google question isn't a leading question with words. That yes. Will, that's the, that's will get it. you to, to websites that maybe are already uh, in that lane of thought. Uh, well, on that note, uh, <laughs> Do you have anything else? No, that wraps up before uh, my hot takes on the hot topics for now. Awesome. You're Thank welcome. you, Maria. Well, on that on that note, we uh, will go ahead and introduce our guests. We actually have two guests today for this episode. They're both, uh, but we will be we will be interviewing them separately because of scheduling. Uh, both hailing from the oh so historic and oh so delicious. Dirty Dan Harris Steakhouse in Fairhaven. I'm so excited. Our first guest today is Devin Ballard. Devin is a server, bartender, and social media manager for Dirty Dan Harris Steakhouse. She also works for Bellingham Alive magazine. How Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. How are you doing, Devin? Um, I'm doing okay. I can do some of my work from home, but obviously I can't serve and bartend from home except for to myself, so... <laughs> How's that going? You know, I've been making some really delicious meals and I've got a few bottles of wine, so it's going okay. 
Awesome. Uh, so since this is a Bellingham podcast, what brought you to Bellingham? I moved out here, uh, it's about been about two and a half years now. Um, I was living in Colorado for six years, and I'm originally from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, so lived on the Great Lakes uh, my whole life growing up. And, you know, I love living in Colorado, but I just really missed uh, being near water. I felt very landlocked there, and um, a guy I was dating at the time, he had lived out here about 10 years prior and uh, said that we should come check out Bellingham. And so we came out here for a visit and I absolutely loved it and said, yep, I want to move here. So we made the move and yeah, it's been two and a half years now and um, I absolutely am so happy that I moved here. It's amazing. Um, I, you know, been really enjoying getting to know um, the people that live here. I've made so many amazing friends since I've been here and kind of just filling in on the Bellingham lifestyle. So, um, you know, in the summertime, I spent a lot of times on Lake Whatcom going swimming. I have, you know, luckily I got to meet some friends that have boats. So get to go out, um, spend time on the lake. Uh, I also really enjoy tubing down the river, doing those nice lazy river floats in the summertime. Um, just going out and doing a lot of hiking, um, going to downtown sounds every week, all summer long. Hopefully that will still be happening. Mm. Um, yeah, just um, being me being a new person, you know, it's hard to like integrate into new groups, but everyone just kind of welcomed me in with open arms and I never felt out of place or like the new person. Um, everyone is very, very friendly and welcoming to me. So I've been really appreciative of all the people that I've met here since I've moved here. Where would you say you've met the most people? Because I think a lot of times people say people feel like it's the Pacific Northwest is kind of a harder place to make friends. Yeah, no, I've definitely heard that too, that um, Bellingham or not just Bellingham specifically, but the Pacific Northwest is known for being a little cold shoulder-ish, but um, I really haven't felt that that much. Although, you know, nothing's going to be as friendly as the Midwest where I come from. <laughs> but oh, yeah. um, <laughs> um, I, see, I would say I made most of my friends just working in the service industry, working at Dirty Dan Steakhouse. Um, you know, everyone that I work with there have become like really good friends of mine. And, you know, and through meeting them uh, as my coworkers, they've lived here a long time. Some of them are locals. They've introduced me to their friends. And it's just kind of networking through um, my friends that I've made at Dirty Dan's. Uh, yeah, just they've introduced me to their circle of friends. And so I've um, being in the service industry, you know, a lot of us are very much uh, like minded people. Awesome. And so that's been a um, the main way that I make friends anywhere that I move to is just, you know, my server and bartender friends and getting into the industry and in new cities at, um, helps. And then also I go to a lot of um, concerts and shows, you know, not, not lately, of course, but um, that's always been a really big thing for me is, and so um, meet a lot of friends just out at shows. For sure. How long have you worked at Dirty Dan's and what is different about working in, at Dirty Dan's than at other restaurants? Um, I started working at Dirty Dan's Steakhouse pretty much right when I moved here uh, two and a half years ago. I, it was the first job that I applied for and I saw they were hiring on Craigslist and I responded to an ad and I have a ton of work experience and worked at fine dining restaurants all over the country. And so I got the job right away and um, 
and it was it's been really a fun time working there um what i love about it the most is it's a very small staff there's only like five servers two bartenders five kitchen staff so we're really really small um group of people there that we all just have to kind of work really well together to make things go well and um i just really what i appreciate it, it's different than other restaurants is we do kind of become a family because there's so few of us that work there we work together a lot and we become like best friends we hang outside out we hang out together outside of work and i'm yeah that's do you awesome um how does it feel or do you think there's anything kind of particularly special about working at a restaurant with so much history I do think so because we have been around for over 40 years and that's pretty rare for restaurants to um, last that long and to have that kind of staying power and so people come in there that's saying that they've been coming in there for four decades um you know and they people that I wait on They'll come in there for their, you know, 10th, 20th wedding anniversary and tell me how they got engaged at this very seat that they're sitting in right now. And there's just so much history for people there that come in there. And it's just a special place full of memories that people have made there over the last 40 years. Um, and we have these regulars that have been coming in like every day regularly for years and years and just getting to know all these people that have, you know, seen it change, um, but also stay the same in many ways too. Um, that's been pretty special to just, I kind of be a part of that history and getting to hear people's stories that they've had there. Do you have a favorite thing on the menu? Oh, yes. Oh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I, I absolutely love all of our appetizers a lot. Um, our garlic bread with our Jack Daniels gorgonzola gravy. That's one of our signature items, and it's amazing. That sounds really good. Um, yeah, and yeah, you can order that on takeout, too, um, right now. And uh, let's see. I've always been um, a really big seafood fan. So, um, you know, like our summer seafood pasta has been one of my favorite things. And then um, our barbecue ribs, we make amazing ribs. They're slow smoked and they have our homemade uh, bourbon barbecue sauce on there. So um, I'd say those are my favorite things. Those are some really good recommendations. What do you do for Bellingham Alive magazine? Um, I am an advertising sales executive. So I help uh, local businesses promote their business through advertising in our magazines. We have a few different publications. So that's been also really fun for me to get to know um, local business owners. Uh, it kind of gives me a more sense of community since um, I'm still kind of new to this area. Um, I also work part-time as an editor too. I went to school for journalism and photography. So getting to write articles is um, exactly what I want to do. And so that's been fun getting to do that as well. You're busy. I am. I do like to keep myself busy. Yeah. Uh, what could you tell our listeners about uh, Bellingham Alive magazine that they might not know? Um, we are a very small company. You know, there's only eight of us that work there. Um, we've been making this really like well-made magazine. It's just we make beautiful issues every month. 
and we, you know, we're local. We, um, we are, we are like a family there at the magazine too. And we like to be a big part of the community. We like to help small business owners, you know, reach our huge readership. Um, and I think, I don't think a lot of people know how big our readership is, but we, um, you know, we average about over 200,000 readers on regular. And then we have millions of more viewers from our placement in all the Amtrak trains and on the San Juan airlines. But um, I think that, you know, just um, how we connect with the community and bring everyone together and connect everyone with local businesses is, makes us pretty special. So COVID-19, how is that impacting your life and work? Well, yeah, um, obviously, you know, they, we had to shut down the restaurant to any dine-in customers, um, but we still are offering takeout and um, delivery options through all of the local delivery services like Viking Foods, Uber Eats, and all those. Um, so people can still order our food. Um, so we do still have our regular um, business hours, just people don't come into the restaurant now. But again, most of my um, income, uh, along with my coworkers, came from, you know, serving and bartending. Obviously, we are out of that now. So um, yeah, I lost a lot of income. And for the people that I work with, they lost 100% of their income, because uh, most of the other servers and bartenders I work with there, that was their only source of income coming in. So it's, been hard um, adjusting and being so unsure about the future. Um, I still run the social media for them. So, um, you know, I got to design the new takeout menu. So I'm still able to get a little bit of work for the restaurant in, but um, yeah, it's weird not going into the restaurant every day and, you know, seeing my coworkers and um, yeah, it's just uncertain. Also, I feel, I especially feel for the new owners because um, Paul and Ivy uh, just bought the restaurant in December. Oh, so wow. They're br they brand new to owning this restaurant and then this happens. So this is definitely a huge bump in the road um, for some brand new restaurant owners. Mm -hmm. But uh, they're, they're adjusting to it really well and, you know, making all the changes and everything. They doing the best that they can. Yeah. Well, I, that's, it's just, it's so tough. It's so tough for everyone. And, you know, I think that by, by coming on the show and hopefully sharing your story and people's stories like yours, we can all become like a more empathetic community and, you know, realize that we're together. That, um, that is something I've definitely noticed. Like the, the positive thing that's going to come out of this COVID-19 outbreak is that we are going to see a much stronger sense of community. You know, you definitely see the helpers. Um, you pay attention to the helpers. People are really coming together to support each other and especially supporting the restaurant community because there's so many restaurants in this town and um, the, in the restaurant industry, we are a really tight knit community. We all support each other. And so just seeing us band together to help promote our takeout and carry out menus. And um, yeah, just, you really do see um, a lot of people stepping up and just wanting to help each other and support each other in any way that we can during this time. It's a really scary time, but um, you know, we're all in this together. And yeah, especially with uh, the restaurant industry workers who suddenly all of us just pretty much lost our jobs and lost our money coming in. So 
you know, just being there for each other and doing anything we can to help has been a really big part. Yeah. Well, and I know for us, the, the bars and restaurants and breweries and the, these are some of the, our favorite parts of our community. Being out and seeing people, you know, sometimes you go somewhere and you like say, see the same people, even though you don't know them. It's like, you know, my town's small enough that I can recognize people on the street. And so missing that, it's just like, there's a sadness. There's a big sadness. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I can, I definitely can see that once, you know, this all is over, hopefully sooner than later, but there's no telling when, when things will return back to normal and then it will be a whole different version of what normal is, I'm sure. But once we're able to all go out together, it's going to be um, kind of like a happy reunion where we're finally seeing people we haven't seen in a long time. We're able to appreciate all of our restaurants and bartenders yeah. and servers and everyone so much more. I think it's just going to be such like a fun, happy reunion when this is finally all over we with. We should start planning like a... I- an emancipation day, like once we're all allowed to go back into the oh. world again, have a parade in the streets, big party, it'll be warm because it'll be late spring. Yes, once there's no more uh, COVID-19 in the area and we all feel safe being around each other again, I think that's a great idea. I'll keep dreaming about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, there we go. My message for people is just you know, that we're all in this together. I know that's, you know, a little, little redundant, um, the thing that's going around, but it is something that's affecting everyone. And what you can do is, you know, call your friends and family, you know, make sure you tell them that you love them, you know, say the things you wanted to say, you know, don't wait on that. Um, maybe it's also a good time to start reading some books, do those art projects you wanted to do. Just start, you know, you have this time, at home and you know whether you're with your family or you know quarantined alone just you have to learn to just embrace it and make the most out of this time that you have excellent answer awesome so annika uh and devin one final thing because devin i think we're going to do a second interview with the owners later but we want to make sure that we get your local treasure in our recording So local treasure is something that you ate, drank, or consumed recently that fills you with a sense of local pride. Ooh, interesting. Um, Well, one of my favorite things is um, I love Thai food. So Mm. every time I order from Juanita Thai, I end up spending like $60 on an order just for me. So I have leftover um, Thai food that lasts me for days. Because, um, yeah, so I am addicted to Juanita Thai. And it's just really delicious food. And it's best. It's really great um, as leftovers, too. So if I order a big order, that will feed me for days. And I will never stop ordering from them. Excellent. Yeah, that's a really great place. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Devin. Our next guest today is Paul Hahn. Paul and his wife, Ivy, are the brand new owners of Dirty Dan Harris's Steakhouse. And by brand new, I mean they purchased the restaurant just a few months ago. So we'll be speaking with him today about uh, the restaurant and also about being a brand new business owner in COVID-19. How are you doing, Paul? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. You know, all right. just chilling. 
Awesome. So because this is a Bellingham podcast, mm-hmm. what brought you to Bellingham? So, well, me and my wife, we were looking for the restaurant uh, last summer. And we saw that the previous owners, Steve and Kathy, were selling these places. So we saw, we just uh, checked it out, the restaurant and the city. I mean, before that, we never been to the Bearhaven, Bellingham area. Yeah. But the first day we came in, we just like everything about it. I mean, restaurant was great. It's a, It's been open for almost 45 years then. And then the uh, entire city is uh, compared to the Seattle. No offense to Seattle people, but more friendly. <laughs> And <laughs> I mean, everything is uh, better. So we just decide to go for it. That's amazing. I know mm-hmm. you haven't uh, been in town that long, but do you have any favorite or funny stories since you've been here? Well, that's the thing. I mean, like like I said, we ne- we only been here for three months, four months now. Uh, we don't we haven't really had chance to look around the city because uh, we were kind of stuck in this restaurant and we have other restaurant in other cities so we have to go back and forth oh, i see mm-hmm. but we just look forward to learn more about it yeah it'll be really fun for you guys to um explore Fairhaven downtown mm-hmm. and some of the other areas once everything opens back up again it's oh, beautiful yes. in the summer. once everything's open yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes uh well that actually answers uh so my second question, which was, uh, what sparked your interest in Dirty Dan Harris? And um, so if you have anything else to add about uh, why you guys decided to pursue purchasing Dirty Dance. So we, what we're looking for is the, what we say, high-end restaurant. Mm-hmm. So, and then Dirty Dan was a perfect fit. And then uh, we did some research about it. And this was a name after the first person who settled in the uh, Bellingham area. And the restaurant has been open for many, many years. It's a historical place. And I get to see the all the regular people before we purchase the restaurant. The previous owner introduced to us, to everybody. And all the customers are nice. And like I say, nothing hated about it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's a really That's great cool. spot. It's a the inside of the building of, of Dirty Dan Harris restaurant I like a lot. Oh yeah. I, I heard the interesting story that the the first the the person who designed this restaurant, they designed it as a inside of the ship. That's oh, why it has huh. so many layers. And now you can't find any any other place that does this kind of you know layout because of because of the well, the access for the wheelchair and everything, but this mm-hmm. building was a grandfather. So I think this is the unique and one of the kind. It's, it's very cool. Very cool and special. Mm-hmm. That, that's for sure. What have you learned since taking over the restaurant? And that can be about Dirty Dan's, that can be about Fairhaven or Bellingham. Well, it's a same, I mean, same places as, as all the other steakhouse, but the what like I said before, this was a name after the Dan Harris, who was the first uh, first gentleman who settled this area, and all the customers are nice. I mean, 
I haven't really learned anything about the new stuff. <laughs> yeah, still, <laughs> you're, it's so new. It's still new, yes, yeah, still new. And then so many things to go, like, take care of right now because of this, you know, COVID-19 happened, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. been a real uh, tumultuous experience for all of us. Mm, I, I, I'm, I'm sure it is. It's uh, Nobody experienced this kind of things before. What um what would be your favorite thing that you guys have on the menu at Dirty Dance? Well, of course, steak for sure. Cause uh, I we my wife and I we love to go out eat, and we try all the other steakhouse around the uh, Bellingham area, <laughs> and I just really like the steak that that they have here. So we haven't changed anything like. We keep all the same menu, all the employees are the same. And uh, our chef, Flamingo, I mean, it's, it's just out of work. I just really like it. Yeah. Yeah. They were they were always a, a great staff and a great menu. It mm-hmm. makes, makes sense to, you know, why, why change if it's working so well? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Love the, love the truffle fries. Oh, have you tried the new one? Uh-uh. Oh, not in no? the last month. Uh-huh. I think it was a month ago when I got the truffle fries. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that's new or not, but they're very good. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so COVID-19, how is that impacting your life and business? So uh, to be honest with you, it it is a big impact. I mean, not just for us, for all other restaurants, all other small businesses. And since this was the the steakhouse and run by like ninety percent of regular customers who are dining, mm-hmm. ever since I think it was March sixteenth that the government uh shut all the restaurants down for the uh dining customer, we didn't really have any customer at all. But mm. at that time we were starting to setting up with the to go menu and deliveries like you know the Vikings, Postmate, DoorDash, yeah. Uber Eats. So everything will be available soon to the customer. And I mean, I'm hanging up here, but some of my employees, servers, bartenders, bussers, dishwasher, they they can't really get any hours. So it's just mm-hmm. really big impact for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it came at, I mean... You'd only own the business for three months, yeah. And three, then four months, yeah. Uh, that that was bad time. Probably, yeah. There's never a good time, but I would say that was probably pretty hard. It, it is. It is. I mean, I I worked in the restaurant industry for over ten years, and nothing yeah. like this happened before. Yeah. 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 What can what can other community members do to support you and your business at this time? Well, of course, the best support will be the people just order the food from us, but not just for our restaurant, for all the other restaurants who yes. were not familiar with the who didn't do the to go and deliveries before. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they're having the same hard time as we are doing right now. And the best support is to keep the restaurant open. 
So yeah. in, in, in order to do that, then we just got to have the customer coming in and order some food for us. Well, luckily, we do have some customer coming in like regularly. So that's a helpful. That's really that's good. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we. I I heard you. Oh, I heard you were also. I heard you were also selling uh, takeout bottles of wine. Yeah. So that's the interesting thing that to know because uh, I heard since this happened, the Washington State they they let the business to sell the bottle of wine, bottle of beer, until this is over. But I just yeah. found out that I already had a permit to do that oh. so so it was a uh, it was good to know so i just started to putting the bottle of wine menus on our to go of course not for delivery for it has to be pickup but yeah yeah that's another good option for yeah helping us perfect mm-hmm. uh any re- recommendations for the wine menu well we do have a really uh it's not a huge menu but we have a good selection of wine and then the wine that we already put it in, it's already good. But if customer wants the little more high-end wine, um, they can give us a call. And we have, a, of course, everybody knows Napa Belly, the Cabernet, all, all the choices from Napa Belly. So really good high-end. Very yeah, cool. So it seems like we have our fancy date night at home covered with Dirty Dan Harris. Oh, that would be yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> So this kind of brings us perfectly into our final segment, which is called Local Treasures. In this segment, we do a round table of sharing something we ate, drank, or otherwise mm-hmm. consumed recently that fills us with local okay. pride. So what would be something that you ate or drank recently that you really enjoyed, Devin? Or Paul, sorry. Oh, for for our our restaurant or the other restaurant? Anything. Well, I I mean I I'm Asian and I, I like Asian food so I I'm, I hope this helps the other restaurant too but the Bellingham yes. had a nice restaurant called the uh, I can't really think of the name right now it's the Muto I think yes Muto Izakaya downtown uh-huh. yeah. that's a great place oh yeah yeah they I mean their ramen has a really good selection of ramen that not not other places have like you know some. Korean mixed with Japanese ramen, yeah. which was really good. And they have a good selection of sake too. And yeah. I, I probably should say something about my restaurant, but I that's the, that's the most reason that we try. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a really awesome recommendation. I also love that place. How about you, Annika? Oh. Um well I think we so we're trying to go and get uh get carry out at least twice a week and so to um yesterday we went to aslan and we got uh i got grilled cheese and tomato soup and the tomato soup was spicy and it was creamy and wonderful and it hit the spot (laughs) but we might i think i asked about the Wine, Paul, because I think we're we're getting a bottle of wine tonight. Oh, so that, we'll we'll stop by. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, we, I, I can show you the the menu that's not even on our menu. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. 
That's great. All right. So I'm going to finish this up. This week, my local treasure is the shish kebabs from Tandoori Bites, especially if you order them with the warm garlic naan and the mint chutney. It's really the perfect combination of warm, spicy, and fresh. I've had a lot of great dishes from Tandoori Bites. They have like a really extensive Indian food menu, but the kebabs are probably my favorite ones so far. Uh, they also have a bunch of great vegetarian dishes for people like Annika. So my suggestion would be to get some takeout from Tandoori Bites. You definitely won't regret it. Uh, Maria, you you always know your food. It's a blessing and a curse. All right, folks. I think that about wraps it up. So stay healthy, Bellingham. Mm-hmm.